Welcome to the Tanya Acker Show. Welcome to the podcast, Chef Brooke Coleman. I am so excited to have you here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So there was a point in time where you were a homeless single mother, uh, and you decided that you were going to change your situation. How did you end up homeless? I think that a lot of people have a lot of preconceived notions um, about how people end up in that situation. So just talk to us a little bit about your story. Um, How did you end up in the situation where you were homeless with your children? Well, initially I was younger around the time, so I still was a little spoiled living with my mom. I've always been a very hard worker, but at the time I was in the fast food industry. At the time, my mom had actually met this man in Dayton, and we were living in Columbus, and we were supposed to just go visit, you know, family and then just come back and move, but I didn't know that she was packing up the car with all of her belongings for a different reason. And so come to find out, she had ended up eloping with this man. And she was just kind of like, well, I don't know what you're going to do, but it's time for you to grow up and you're going to have to figure things out. Maybe you can go to a shelter. They'll help you. And I was just kind of like, are you serious? Because, you know, at the time I was just like, I don't know where I'm going to go with my son. So my dad, which lives in Dayton, he was just like, no child of mine is going to the shelter, <laughs> you know. So he had kind of took me in. Um, but during that process, I didn't really get along with his wife at the time. And, you know, it was a lot of ins and outs with that. But I had ended up trying to figure things out on my own. I had ended up getting this apartment. And all of a sudden, the apartment started to, like, decay. How old were you when all of this was happening? Because I just want to make sure that everybody is following what took you to this situation. Uh, You were how old when this happened? I was about 23. So you were 23. You were living with your mother. Your mother said, I'm going to get married. You're out. You're on your own. Go to a shelter. Figure it out. Your father says you can stay with me and uh, I guess your stepmother, but you didn't get along with the stepmother. So now you are looking for a place. All right. So now we're all caught up. When I decided to find a place, my dad was just kind of like, well, if you go out there on your own, all bets are off. I can't help you. I'm not going to take care of you, which to me was kind of understandable. But I was just like, okay, well, you know, I have to figure this out. So I moved into this apartment. The apartment started to decay. Like, it just started to smell real bad. It started having all different types of nets. Like, it was just horrible. And so in the midst of me working, I was actually doing hair on the side. um, But that wasn't making ends meet. And so I ended up getting evicted and having to go to the shelter. So when I went to the shelter... Did you have children at the time? Yes, I had one. Yeah, I have one. Um, How old is your child, boy or girl? He's a boy. He's 12. He Was was he 12, 12 at the time? He was 12 at the time? No, he's 12 now. Okay. So I want to say at the time, I want to say at the time, Zion was probably like four or five, maybe five. 
staying in the shelter, it was just so much going on in there with different females or whatever. But they had ended up, long story short, they had ended up uh, putting me into this home where um, this company named Homeful put you somewhere. At the time, I will say, even though I had my son, I was also pregnant. Was the father of the child uh, involved at all? Did you have any contact with him? I saw him different times, but it wasn't a good relationship at all. And, and he made no offer to help or assist knowing you were pregnant no. and going to a shelter? No, I definitely had to figure things out on my own. It was a very, very hard process to go through. I was never on the street or anything like that. I refused to go from house to house or be on the street with my son. So the best thing that I could think of was to go to the shelter, which I felt like was definitely a blessing in disguise. They had ended up putting me in this apartment and they told me that I had to get my things together within six months. I did it in three months. And um, I went to school. <laughs> I didn't even go to culinary arts at first. I ended up going to get my associate's degree. And then I was just like, this is kind of boring. I really want to do something that I really want to do. And so I ended up transferring to St. Clair and uh, going to culinary arts from there. That's a community college in Dayton, Ohio. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So I went through that program and uh, finished it. And then from there, I just kind of took off. Let's talk about the move from the shelter to enrolling in school to starting your catering business. You're in the shelter with your little boy. Uh, what's it like? I think that for a lot of people who talk about this issue in the abstract and debate it and are like, we should do this or that or build more shelters or, you know, what have you, a lot of us don't have a lot of firsthand experience about what life is like. So tell us a little bit about what it is to live in the shelter or what life was like for you in the shelter with your son. It was extremely uncomfortable. You definitely see things every day. I will say you're in there with all different types of personalities and people, religious beliefs and so on. And um, it's definitely not the prettiest sight at all. We're literally in there on cots. So, and then you have all of these mothers in here with their children. And it's like 50 billion children in there is 50 billion moms in there, you know, so being through that process, it was definitely hard because of the type of background I come from. I'm the type that never walk away from anything, you know? So it's like, I was not, you know, backing down from you talking to my son any type of way or, you know, anything like that. I'm gonna just be honest. I was, I was really like, this ain't what you want. You're in a situation where you can literally blow everything. They can, if you react in any type of way, they will kick you out. You will not have no type of help, you know, or anything like that. So I found myself- What did this woman say to your son? I have to ask you, what did she say to your son that brought you to a point where you were like, I really better pull it together because like, because everything's on the line. Uh, tell us about that situation. My son, he was very playful, but he wasn't aggressive in any type of way. And um, he would run up and just be like, tag, you're it, you know, to the other kids or whatever in a playful manner. And she was like, 
don't you put your hands on my effing son and, you know, blah, 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 this, that, and third. I'm just like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Who are she you said this to your little boy? She said, yeah. use those words to your little boy. Yeah, and so, and I know that, you know, you got to keep your hands to yourself, Kanye. Not everybody wants to, you know, play tag or play, you know, or anything like that. But it was really just mind-boggling to me that she would literally say that to my son. And so I stood up and everybody was holding me back like, Brooke, don't do this. You know, do not do this. We know what you're capable of, but do not do this. And so I um, I definitely had to back down from the situation, but I was pulled into the office and they were like, look, you got one more time to go off on anybody in here. I know the situations might not be your fault, but you're about to blow it, you know? And so um, the lady, it, it just seemed like something was more so wrong with her mentally because being in a situation like that and you're smiling and you're, you know, and you're just kind of like looking at her like she looked crazy, you know? And That's so fine. it's, it, you know, it's dealing with those kinds of things, Brooke, and having to deal with them on a regular basis that's what I think makes your story so remarkable. So you are now in a situation that's not just uncomfortable. Uh, it sounds like it can be at times dangerous. It can be at times potentially violent. Uh, you are not just looking after yourself. You're also looking after your little one. People don't, don't mess around with people's kids. So you've got yeah. all of these things that you're trying to manage on a day-to-day -day basis. And in the course of that, you have the wherewithal and the presence of mind to say, I got to get out of here and make a change. So yeah. how do you do that? How do you get the motivation and the resources and the information you need to go to, to the community college, enroll in your culinary arts program and take it from there? How do you take that next step? I ended up doing some research on Google about getting into school. I did not know that it would definitely be beneficial in a major way because I was also, I was also taught that, you know, being in college can bring a lot of bills. It can bring a lot of stuff that you're just locked into, you know, and stuff like that. But I thought that it was very important to do something. Once I had done my research, I had went to go visit um, Clark State. And then that's also a community college here in, um, in Dayton, Ohio. But they have different branches that you can go to. And I think the main one is actually in Springfield. So I have went to the one that was down here in Beaver Creek. And so um, once I went there, I had met with um, a couple of people, talked about, you know, what I wanted to major in and all that good stuff. And then I had entered into that program, but that was not really like a long period of time because I, I'm definitely like kind of get bored fast. You know, so I, I ended up looking into culinary arts, but I was just like, remind you, at the time I was doing hair throughout the whole time. To so, support yourself. Uh, so you were doing hair even while you were at the shelter, just doing hair to kind of yeah, keep it I going. Literally, I would literally leave the shelter and travel to whoever to do their hair. So I have put it up an ad on really good. I bet you're really good. Your hair looks great, by the way. Hey. <laughs> But so yeah. uh, but you go to Sinclair, you go to uh, Sinc uh, 
You enroll in Sinclair Community College. You study culinary arts. And then you end up going into business. How does the catering business start? And I understand that stuffed burgers were your specialty. So how do you turn this into a business? Or rather, how did you turn it into a business? Because you started a business. Yeah. So I started um, selling food out of my house, literally, like I was a hustler, okay? So (laughs) I was selling food out of my home. After doing some research, I didn't know that you wasn't, you know, quite supposed to do that, but I never really got in trouble or anything. I was going to ask because there are so many rules that make it hard for people who are trying to just, you know, do better uh, to do that. Yeah. So you, you never got cited for anything. You didn't get in any, you never got into no. any trouble. I Good. never got in trouble um, at all. And I, I would just go all day and night selling food. <laughs> So who were your customers? Were you just knocking on the door? Hi, try my stuffed burgers. How did you get your product out there? So what I did was me and my son, we had went around the entire neighborhood where I had ended up moving to at the time. And we put flyers in their mailboxes. Um, People that would open the door like, hey, what are you doing? I would just basically kind of tell them, you know, what I'm doing. And they would look at the menu and they would just be like, oh, wow, this looks really good. On top of me doing that, I had ended up um, just posting on Facebook, social media, and getting it out there, starting a business page, getting that out there. And so next thing you know, I was doing that before I had actually even started selling the stuff burgers. So before I started selling it, I went all over the place, put up flyers. I went to the fire department, gave them a flyer. I went to hair salons, barbershops tattoo shops, everywhere I went to, and I gave them a flyer with the menu on it. By the time I opened, my phone was ringing back to back to back to back. Jeff B., she was out there with the hustle. You're out there with the hustle. So again, I I just want to, I'm interrupting just to recap because I want people to, I want to make sure people are following, uh, following along with your extraordinary story. So you go from the shelter to an apartment. This organization gives you six months to become self-sufficient after giving you and your son a place to live. You doing hair and then uh, making food, but then actually building your catering business before you actually start making the food because smart businesswoman, make sure you have customers and make sure there's a demand before you go out there, you know, spending money on what you're doing. So you build a demand for the catering business. You then establish the catering business. And so that by the time you open up, you've got essentially a line out the door. Yes. And that's exactly how it was. And what I had to do was I had did a delivery. Sometimes I have people pick up, um, but I did delivery and I would literally make their food and I would pack my son in his car seat, put Zion in his seat, and I would literally go and deliver these meals to whoever ordered. So it was a lie. It wasn't like I had somewhere for my kids to go. And that was not going to be an excuse for me not to make any money, you know, so I would definitely pack my kids up and deliver everywhere. And then you actually go from having this catering business to a brick and mortar restaurant. You open a restaurant. What was the name of your restaurant, Chef B? Stuff Enough. Stuff Enough. After the stuffed burgers. 
Are you going to yes. share a stuffed burger recipe with me or is it a big secret? I know, like, even if you give me the recipe, I will not do it as well. It will not be as good. So you don't have to worry. But I'm interested in the concept. Um, so will, you, you, you're going to yes. share the recipe? May I have yes. it? Yes. Chef B. Okay. Um, yes. I'm, I'm going to try to make it and then I'm going to report back to you. Uh, okay. So then you open up the restaurant and then... COVID happens. Uh, how COVID. does the pandemic impact your business? Yeah, it was like probably around four months after I had opened. COVID had hit strong. Like nobody wanted to work. Nobody wanted to come in and do anything. Like my restaurant used to be packed from wall to wall. And then when you look up, it is literally like... Um, Hardly nobody ever coming. I mean, it would still be some, you know, groups of people here and there. And then I have put up a law where I had to take the food outside, you know, to them. They can just place the order, you know. So after a while, it just had ended up um, not really turning out what I expected it to be. And I, I could not hang in there. I tried to hang in there. I tried to do all that I could, but it just was not working. So what were your next steps? What happens next then? So before I had ended up closing, I want to say I had caterings lined up where I was booked almost for the entire year. Um, so that was a blessing uh, after I had closed. So once I, once I had started, you know, doing all the caterings, I was just like, I think that I just want to do caterings. I don't think that I want to do kitchens or anything like that anymore or meals on demand or anything like that because I, I was kind of scared, you know, I didn't, I don't, I don't like to fail. I don't think nobody does. I had ended up doing all these caterings and then I started getting calls for travel caterings and um, all that good stuff. So the, this business has definitely been a business where I don't have to work for anybody else. I can just work my business and, and we will all be okay. Post-pandemic, what you've really done is pivot toward pop-up uh, restaurants and you've continued the catering. And as I understand it, you had a client, some very uh, famous celebrity athletes uh, for whom yeah. you catered. And then that gave, I don't know if you can name names, I'll leave that to you. But I will say that I understand that that, business, uh, that arrangement gave your business yet another, uh, another breath of fresh air. So tell us about that. Yeah. So I had a family that actually lives in Dayton, Ohio. They have booked me to come and cater for their family vacation for five days in Destin, Florida. So when I went out there, first of all, I've never seen nothing like that in my life. And I was just like, oh my gosh, Look at the ocean, you know. <laughs> My best friend had went with me, and we had drove from Dayton to uh, Florida. And so it was a breeze, though. But once we got down there, you know, I ended up doing my first couple of days with them. And then me and my best friend, we had ended up going to this this bar called the Boathouse Bar and Oyster, Oyster Grill. And so when we went there, it seemed like everybody was just like, who are they? You know, because we were just live and 
my best friend, she will get on stage in a minute and start singing. These guys had ended up coming up to us and they were like, who are you guys? Once he came up to us and we had just kind of told them like, you know, what we were doing. My best friend was like, she's a celebrity chef. She's down here from Ohio. They booked her to cook before I can even say anything. Now, I was not even a celebrity chef yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but your girl is like, let me tell you, she is a celebrity chef. At least she will be one day. Y'all treat her like she's a celebrity chef right now. As far as you're right. concerned, she's a celebrity chef. That's a best friend for you. That's a best friend. That's That's <laughs> so the guys were like, wow, well, can you come and cook for us tomorrow? And I was just like, yeah, you know. But we were all, you know, filled with spirits. So, you know, we I, I just thought that, you know, he was just talking. And um, next thing you know, the next day came and I'm starting my day and I had to do them breakfast and dinner. When I got done, before I had got done with the family, we had actually ended up going through a break period where um, we had ended up going on a boat to scoop, I mean, to uh, Paracel. And um, in the midst of me on the boat, I didn't even know my phone would ring in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> but it ended up ringing and it was the guys like, Hey, can you really cook for us today? And I was just like, yeah, absolutely. Now, I didn't know who these guys were. I had no idea who they were. And I was just like, yeah, absolutely. So um, they ended up sending me a deposit right then and there. And um, they had asked me for some of my background um, or whatever. So I had just kind of sent them the article that was sent out on me. And they were just like, whoa, you are amazing. Your story is inspiring, da 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 So I'm like, thank you. So we get off the boat. We're done parasailing. I go finish the family. And we instantly go to Walmart right after that to get all of the things that they wanted. We had ended up um, going over there. And on the way over there, I was like, what if this is a setup? Like, I'm so scared. You know? So before we... they're going to kill us? What if they're going to yeah. kill us? We're going to be on the news. Yeah. I was, so my best friend was like, girl, I got you. You know? So I'm like... So, you know, we get out. They meet us at the gate. It's this huge mansion. Like, I was just like, whoa. So as soon as we walked in, everybody came out, helped us with the groceries. We walked right in, and they're just like, come on, make yourself comfortable. I'm like, okay, you know. I got the cooking and doing what I do best. They were just like, had all gathered around in the kitchen, and they were just like, you know, Chef B has an amazing story to tell. And um, can you, if you don't mind, can you kind of give us, you know, you know, some of your story. And so I started telling them in the midst of me telling them, I started crying. They started crying. Wow. And it was just like very, very emotional. He was like, well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about us. We are what you just cooked for a lot of blue check marks on Instagram with millions of followers. He was like, you know, you have professional athletes standing here in this room. And I about passed out, you know, but I'm really glad that they didn't tell me that beforehand <laughs> because I would have been like extremely nervous. But yeah, come to find out they're professional athletes and I had ended up looking them on looking them up on Instagram and it was true and they shared me 
they promoted me, like they put me on their story, on their page, you know, and that was just amazing to me. That's incredible. I right now am looking and talking to Chef B, who went from homelessness to a business, to a, a thriving catering business. And now I understand you've got a cookbook out and yep. um, you put those pieces together. I'm sorry, say again. It's coming. I'm, coming. I'm, You've got an upcoming finished. cookbook. So you really are a reminder that it is possible to change a situation. What I want uh, from you or to just get more information from you about, Brooke, is what you want the rest of us to know. Homelessness is a situation that's it's a condition that's important to me. I work with organizations that try to combat it. Uh, it's important to a lot of people who I know. Like, I live in Los Angeles. The problem here is really exploded. I think that there's often a little bit of callousness toward it. And I'm not, you know, excluding myself from that. I mean, sometimes you get so used to seeing something horrible that you assume it must always be like that. And I think it's important yeah. to remember that the horrible stuff we see does not have to remain as it is. So from your yeah. perspective, having lived what you lived and changed your situation as you did, what is something that you want the rest of us to know? And what is something that you think the rest of us should be doing? Where should we be focusing our resources, our energy, our time? Uh, you know, for those of us who really believe that there has to be a way out of tens of thousands of people living on the streets in uh, a country as wealthy as ours, what, from your perspective, are the best sorts of solutions that you think will help people do exactly what you did? Okay, so I would definitely say anybody that's in any type of struggle that you have to understand that it is temporary, but it's only temporary if you decide to get up and change it. Nothing is going to be handed to you. You know, you definitely have to work hard and you definitely have to keep pushing regardless if you have children or not, you have to keep pushing. It's definitely not easy sometimes, but it's not worth giving up at all. So stay in the fight for sure. There is a, a better side, okay? Also, I would like to say that if you are in any type of situation where you don't have any help, do not be ashamed to go get help. Um, there's definitely a lot of places and resources that can definitely help you for sure. Never stop working, even if you don't feel like giving up, even if you don't feel like getting up. Definitely get up and go to work, regardless of what you are doing. What you should be doing <laughs> is definitely never giving up, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so stay in there. If you want to be um, a chef or you want to cook, you have a dream to cook, definitely go to school for it. Being a culinary arts does not teach you how to cook, but it does teach you very important things how can that other you people, need to know. How can the rest of us better help folks who are homeless end up where you are? How do we help them make that step? What are the resources that, in your view, would better enable people to do what you've done? So it, it really starts with them. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it doesn't take another person to tell them what they need to do. Sometimes it, it starts within them. Like they have to make the decision 
that you no longer want this to be your life and, and take those steps. I found myself blaming a lot of other people for where I was at, blaming my mom, you know, and, and stuff like that. But to be honest, it wouldn't have, it, the situation that I went through would never cause me to be where I'm at today because I had to go through something you know, to get to where I'm at. I would have continued to be asking my mom for money. I would have continued to live in her house. I would have continued to just be comfortable in that situation, you know, but I had to go through something in order to make me who I am today. So it's not anybody's fault or anything that somebody might be in that situation. So they just have to make that decision for themselves. Well, you certainly are an inspiration to me and to so many other people. You are an example of the fact that you can change a bad situation. You can pivot. You can turn things around. And even if you don't make stuffed burgers and you can't cook like Chef B, you can find something. Everybody has some talent, some gift, something to offer the rest of us. Uh, Chef B, tell people where they can find you and where they can find your food. And we'll, of course, make sure that we put that up. But tell folks, uh, and we know you've got the cookbook coming up, but tell us before you go, uh, where we can find and sample your tasty delectables. You definitely want to look me up on, well, social media, uh, IG is stuffed3nuff, nuff is N-U-F-F, and then it's underscore Chef B. On Facebook, you can find me at stuffedenough, LLC. Stuffed Enough is one word, S. T-U-F-F-E-D-E-N-U-F-F. And then I will pop right on up. And then also the name of the book is called From Section 8 to Six Figures, The Recipe. So definitely keep an eye out for it. I'm very excited. From Okay, that is the best title ever. It's always good to have a title that explains, you know, what the book's about so people know it right immediately. But that is such a great title from section eight to six figures. That is Chef B. When is the book going to be out? So I don't have a specific date yet, um, but it's going to be a very, very important book. um, I'm going to be like your best friend right now. I'm going to be your best friend. It is going to be a very important book because if you've been listening, Chef B knows what it is to go from homelessness to having a thriving business. So her new book that is coming out, it is going to be a very important book. No, I haven't read it yet, but trust me, I feel like I know what I'm talking about. How did I do, Chef B? I'm not as good as your real best friend, but I will promote you because I think you were really on something special. Thank you, you did excellent. I hope you will come back. Uh, Thank you so much for honoring me with your presence and uh, telling your story. And like I said, you're an inspiration. Keep it up. Uh, And we will make sure that people know how and where to find you. Good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you.